Hi, I'm Jeannie Patel-Thompson of ListenToYourGut.com. I specialize in natural healing for digestive diseases like Crohn's, colitis, etc. And welcome to part four of Wi-Fi, cell phones, and power lines. What is safe and what should I do to protect myself and my family with Dr. Magda Havas. Magda is the Associate Professor of Environmental and Resource Studies at Trent University. She received her PhD from the University of Toronto, completed postdoc research at Cornell University, and taught at the University of Toronto before going to Trent University, also in Ontario, Canada, where she is currently uh, an Associate Professor. So that brings me to another question. So from an electromagnetic perspective, mm-hmm. is it going to be safer to live in a city where, let's say, you're the safe, you're, the distances we just talked or talked about from the cell tower, from the radio TV, from the power lines, you're a safe distance away from all those sources, mm-hmm. or in the country, but let's say you've got a humongous cell tower out there because it has to reach, you know, a much um, bigger area. Right. Because they, if you're in the country, don't they gen, then really up? That's right. The more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. So well, where would you be safer? Well, the safest, the the best way to find out is what to measure what you're exposed to. That's the best way. You know, we can guess as to you know um, uh, what you'd be exposed to, but the best thing to do is actually measure it. It also depends on how much metal is around you. So if you're in an office and you have a metal filing cabinet, metal re- reflects this radiation, so you can get a double whammy if it's coming through your window and then it's bouncing off a metal filing cabinet. That's why right. it's so important to measure. There's too many things that affect the your actual exposure. So distance alone is just a it's a poor surrogate. It's one surrogate that you can use, but it's not it's not great by itself. And then one thing came to my mind before when you were talking about putting the protective film on the windows if right. your neighbors have Wi-Fi or if you're near a cell tower, is that going to cut it enough? Because can't that can't the cell and, and oh, I'm not sure about the cell, but I think the Wi-Fi radiation comes in through the walls, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it'll come in through the walls. More more of it will come through a window than through a wall. It depends what, okay. what your walls are made of. Um, so it will only reduce it. It won't eliminate it. Um, right. That's why some people sleep under this canopy, so they eliminate it. They you know eliminate their exposure for the eight hours they're in bed at night. But then I've also heard you have to be careful. You still you have to put your canopy up, and then you have to remeasure because if you've got something coming from under the floor, oh, you've got to put it under your floor. You're totally boxed in. It's like ah. building a Faraday cage for yourself, basically. You have to be totally boxed in. If you have something coming up under the floor, it'll magnify within this canopy. Right. Yeah. So you just box in the whole thing. You know that might be something that you know might be a good idea to do anyway for everybody. Mm-hmm. Just as, I mean, have you done that with your bed? No, I'm in a very clean environment. Um, there's no cell towers near me. I filter my electricity. I don't have any cordless technology except for one cordless phone that doesn't radiate all the time, and I use it only when absolutely essential. So um, I, I have a cell phone that I hardly ever use, only when I travel. And it's for me to make calls rather than for people to reach me. So um, I, I minimize my exposure. I'm, I use wired Internet access at home, and I use wired Internet access at, at uh, work as well. And you don't have anything coming in from your neighbors? Uh, no, no. We had um, Our neighbors had a cordless phone, 
And I, I mentioned this to them, and they've replaced it with a corded phone. Because I actually said, you know, you're being exposed much more than I am, but I'm picking it up in my home. Our homes are separated by about 30, 40 feet, so I'm, I'm quite fortunate in that regard. I'm now beginning to pick up some of the Wi-Fi from neighbors, and I'm going to ask them if they'll just shut it off in the evening so that uh, when I'm sleeping I'm not exposed. But my exposure is very low. People who are electrically sensitive have come to my home, and, and they see, say they feel very comfortable in it. They don't have any of their symptoms. Right. So, But really, you're still participating in that don't-know factor. Yes, yes. And I try to minimize my exposure as much as I possibly can. Yes. You know, I'm not excessive about it. I, You know, I travel on airplanes and I go to airports and, you know, I'm in hotels that sometimes have wireless and, and so I'm stuck with it. But I'm not exposed nearly as much as most of my colleagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's such a, it becomes a real, I mean, it can keep you up at night just, and especially for me as a mother. See, me as an adult, I, I feel safe with your approach, right? And that's what I do for myself. Mm-hmm. But with my kids, I wonder if it's enough. Yeah, you want to be even more careful with them. I agree. I agree. You know, I'm wondering if, okay, do we need to move to, say, 20 or 30 acres and stick the house in the middle? And, you know, like how far do we need to go so that in 10 years my kids aren't, you know, don't have a cancer? Or uh, Mm -hmm. it's so hard to know. It is. And you can't eliminate all stress and you know in a person's life, but you can certainly minimize it. You know, there are communities. There's a community it's called Green Bank in West Virginia and mm-hmm. it's near a radio telescope. And um it's a a huge radio telescope that's picking up microwaves and radio frequencies from outer space. And because mm-hmm. they have to they're they're picking up very, very weak signals, um they won't allow cell phone use in the community. You can't have cordless phones. You can't have wireless routers. Uh, you, oh. can't even ha- you can't even have uh, energy-efficient light bulbs because they produce this radiation because it will interfere with the radio telescope. So people who are electrically sensitive have actually gone to live there because they know that you can't put up a cell tower. It's mm. It's illegal. Um, and so I think you've got to, you know, and there are a few communities like that that are popping up where electrically sensitive people go and they're trying to keep it as clean as possible. Right. So maybe just wait for more of those to be. Mm-hmm. Because, see, then we we come to the same thing. It's like, okay, so we move to 20 acres out in the country, but then what if they start adding more cell towers out exactly. there? Exactly. Exactly. It's almost impossible to, you know, go places and assume that nothing will ever come into your neighborhood. I think what we really need to do is educate the general public and educate the government, get the guidelines reduced, um, educate doctors so that when patients come to them with these symptoms, instead of just giving them pills to reduce the pain or to put them to sleep or to get rid of the depression, they actually ask them a few questions about what they have in their homes and ask them to make changes in their environment, and that will actually help their symptoms as well. Do you think another common one is anxiety? Because yes, when you were talking is. about the heart and the chest and the that sound to, I, I had a friend who was describing an anxiety attack and that sounded mm-hmm. exactly like what she experienced. Yeah. That's right. And that's what people tell me. They're it's like they're having an anxiety attack and, and I just tell them to go out of, away from the environment they're in, just to move somewhere and if it's if this is what's causing it, their attack will go away and that's basically what they end up doing. When it's children they don't they don't understand this and, and they get scared. And so I tell parents to explain that to their children as well. I have one friend who has a daughter who has these attacks, 
and she was going for some medical care at a hospital, and they had a lot of wireless technology, and her daughter developed all of the symptoms, you know, had an anxiety attack. And the mother was had, was cool enough, headed, that she said, look, we're going to be in here for a little while. As soon as we go out, it's going to go away. And she was right. The, you know, she took the daughter out of the environment as soon as they could get out, and the attack went away. And it wasn't an attack of fear of hospitals or anything like that. It was really something that was brought on by the wireless uh, and electromagnetic uh, pollution in, in that part of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Well, and yes, that's another huge thing is that a lot of the hospitals are going and have already gone wireless for all their communication and that's patient right. monitoring. And mm-hmm. so you well, at one stage, you, you couldn't go into a hospital with your cell phone because it would interfere with sensitive equipment, you know, that was particularly equipment in intensive care. And what they're doing now is they're um, shielding that equipment so your wireless communication can't interfere with it, but we're not able to shield the people who are also responding. They're interfered with. And so so we can protect the equipment, but we can't protect individuals as readily. Yes. So I think, I mean, basically what the conclusions I'm going to take from this discussion is that each of us needs to do whatever we can to help educate people. Um, And also, like for the children, um, you know, the decision to pull them out of school or whatever aside, um, we have some forms on radiationeducation.com that parents can download, and they're the the wireless consent forms. So basically they say, listen, my child is not to be in a room where wireless computers are active, nor is my child to do any work on a wireless computer. I think it even states in there that they can't be right next to a wall adjoining a room where wireless computers are being added. And there's another document to try and get your principal to sign to take liability responsibility. And whether they will or not is probably, but at least they're then being forced to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that my decision in this school, I am actually in a position of liability and maybe if they see enough parents walking in saying you take you're saying this is safe you take responsibility Mm -hmm. maybe the principals will start to think a little bit differently that's right they should also talk to legal counsel for the school because i know some insurance agencies no longer no longer insure you if you develop a brain tumor and you use a cell phone Mm -hmm. so um you know they don't they want to cut their losses (laughs) and so they're they've decided to take that route and and if you don't have the appropriate insurance in a school, that's also going to be very costly in the long run. Well, I've heard something about that um, Health Canada, like Medicare, has moved. Is it some of the treatment for, for brain tumor patients as outpatient procedures or mm-hmm. procedures that you have to pay for yourself? Mm-hmm. Pardon? Oh, sorry, heard that again? I've heard that uh, Medicare has revised the, you know, their coverage for brain tumors, that there's now certain aspects of your care and your drugs that you now have to pay for yourself. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have the hard, it was just a, you know, someone at a talk, a lecture Mm -hmm. mentioned that, but I haven't seen the actual uh, information from Medicare about that. But Mm -hmm. it, it would make sense if the insurance companies are moving it out of their jurisdiction and people are... The people who really are looking at the science are going, you know what, we are going to have a whole lot of these cancers coming down the pike. We're not going to financially be able to cover it. What can we do to cover our butts now before Joe Public becomes aware of it and can take action, right? Yeah. So, And then the other thing I'm going to take away from this call um, is that to just do what you can to um, protect 
protect and reduce your exposure within your home environment. At least that you can get that restorative sleep at night where the body has a chance to repair things. Mm -hmm. That's right. So putting the film on the windows or the curtains or... Mm -hmm. um, You know what else I was wondering? One last question. The radiation shielding fabrics that I looked at, some of them were highly radiation blocking, so they had a much higher silver content mm-hmm. than others, which were almost like a light gauzy material. Right. So they did block a lot, but I thought, well, maybe because of the lower silver content, they would be less conductive. Do you think those would be suitable for a school environment? No. I, uh, the ones I've tested, I wouldn't bother, uh, bother with the, the ones that only block 30 40%. They're not, they're not nearly as good, and uh, I wouldn't even bother with them. I'd use the really the ones that really do block um, to protect you against the radiation. And I think it's important not to have it against your body, to use it as outer clothing rather than underwear um, so that it's not in touch with your skin. Right. And then do you think that um, you would need to then... See, because then we get into the problem of, well, is it going to conduct electricity around? Is Mm -hmm. it going to draw electricity to the child? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you have an opinion on that? Whether it's best to use it or not use it? I think it's so much of an individual issue. So I would just recommend people to try it and see how their body reacts to it. Right. If it's if it's drawing electricity to them, they will feel it, and it won't make them feel well. And I okay. think that's why some of the people are complaining that that it makes them feel worse, because that's exactly what doing in the environment they're in. So it's very much environment specific. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Magda. Oh, you're very welcome, Jeannie. This has been a a fabulous exchange of of information, and it's really been useful because when you do the research, um, and this is what my son found, is that you you almost need a a postdoctoral degree to just even understand, you know, everything. And and there's so many, you know, facets. Like you were talking, there's wattage, there's voltage, there's frequency, there's pulse, there's non-pulsed. It's like... You know, you almost have to go back to school to be able to get a handle on all these things. So it's been wonderful talking to someone like you who can take those things that are very complex and confusing and, you know, put them into terms that all of us can understand and, you know, really take in a practical way. So well, thank, thank you very for much. That. Okay. And uh, we, do you have anything else that you would like to say or anything that you feel is important for people to know just before we close? Well, I guess, you know, I'm I'm very much pro-choice in the sense that I think people should make up their own minds as to what they want to be exposed to or not. Once you've become electrically sensitive, you lose that choice because you, you simply cannot be in certain environments. And so it's so important to protect your health and to keep keep everyone as healthy as possible for as long as possible. And that means voluntarily minimizing your exposure at home, at work, at school. And I think we really have to protect the children. Uh, if we don't know whether there are long-term health effects of this technology, then we should definitely err on the side of caution and not expose them in a school environment for hours each day and not expose them in a home environment uh, for hours each day and during the night as well. So I think it's really the responsibility is in our hands. You know, the buck stops with each one of us, and we have to make the right decisions for for our family and uh, for ourselves. That's very, very good advice. Okay, and for more information about Dr. Magda Havas or to contact her, 
you can go to her website at www.magdahavas.com. That's spelled M as in mother, A-G as in go, D as in dog, A-H-A-V as in Victor, A-S.com. And for more information about getting Wi-Fi out of your children's schools, the particular effects that it has on children, and all of the forms that you can get your principal to sign, that you can pass around to other mothers in your school, a whole bunch of resources, go to radiationeducation.com. That's www.radiationeducation.com.